السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Yesterday we began speaking about the story of Yusuf عليه السلام We spoke about some of the difficulties he went through It's as though he was going from hardship to hardship Even though at the beginning of the surah Allah Jalla wa'ala says that Yusuf عليه السلام was chosen and he was a Nabi a son of a Nabi, a son of a Nabi. Even his great-grandfather Ibrahim السلام, was a Nabi. We left the story off where Yusuf السلام, had entered into the prison and they had come to ask for the interpretation of the dream. So we find Yusuf السلام, after being thrown into the well, being sold as a slave, being accused of something he didn't do, then being put into prison. Now we find that from these hardships, we can slowly see this ease and we can see his, you know, his doors opening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, all well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, good. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yesterday we left off the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. We stopped by where the person who was working by the king he came to ask for the interpretation of the dream. Yusuf alayhi salam gives the interpretation and gives them, you know, the plan, how to uh, address or how to deal with the difficulty that's going to come up later on. So this person goes and he conveys that dream and the king is very happy and he wants Yusuf alayhi salam out. Eventually Yusuf alayhi salam, you know, there's a bit of a, he wants to clear his name. His name is cleared and he comes out. We resume the story today where Yusuf alayhi salam has come out and the king has, he's basically with the king at the time. Uh, we find Yusuf alayhi salam says, after the king says, وَقَالَ الْمَلِكُ أُتُونِي بِهِ أَسْتَخْلِصْهُ لِنَفْسِي The king basically wants Yusuf alayhi salam for himself. Yusuf alayhi salam then tells the king to put him in a certain position. He says, قَالَ جَعَلْنِي عَلَى خَزَائِنِ الْأَرْضِ Put me basically in charge of these natural resources. Remember, Yusuf alayhi salam has given the interpretation of a dream with regards to uh, general or public wealth and crops, etc., how to use it, how to go about it, how to grow it, how to store it, how to give it out to others. So Yusuf alayhi salam tells him, put me in charge of all that. And he basically, Yusuf alayhi salam says, that he is somebody who is honest and trustworthy and he is alim. He has knowledge when it comes to these things. Yesterday we touched a little bit on the wealth aspect of things and how the Anbiya, you know, they knew how to deal with certain money matters. Today, you know, building upon a point which is similar, when Yusuf alayhi salam says that he is alim, he has knowledge about this also. For me, what I take away is that it's important for us, especially in the world we live in today, to have multiple skills. Remember, you can go to an institution and your certificate, at the end of the day, that doesn't really count. It's what you yourself have. It's what you've learned, what you're able to apply. And you know, there's so many simple things we can learn in our day-to-day -day lives. You learn how to fix something in the house, you learn how to operate a gadget or a software or an app. And that's extremely important. And when we look at the Anbiya والسلام, we find they had more than one you know, trade or talent. They, they were gifted or talented in more than one thing. So you find, yes, they called to Allah. Yes, they told their people to you know, worship one Allah and stay away from sin. At the same time, Nuh was able to build the Ark. Ibrahim was able to build the Kaaba. Yusuf here, 
is telling the king that even when it comes to matters of finance and, you know, balancing the budget, balancing resources, allocating resources, he also has knowledge when it comes to this. And I think especially in the world we live in, it's important, you know, not to learn in an institution where you learn for so many years and you get a certificate. That certificate really means nothing. Yes, it may be, it may be beneficial for you in certain places, but more importantly, skills that you can use right now. Yes, that, that's so true. And what you mentioned at the end makes sense because uh, a lot of certificates are made in order to build other people's businesses. So like we were discussing previously, where you know, these certificates were made such that you can be plugged into an organization and build that person's dream uh, rather than your own. So if you've got a certificate, fine, that's good. But uh, you're learning from your job. You should actually be trying to learn uh, how to establish your own and build your own and make sure that you can have a dream of your own and employ others as well. Uh, because ultimately, there's only so far that you'll get in a, in a job. There's very few jobs that will take you to the level of partnership or, uh, you know, uh, further beyond. So I think that's very, very important, uh, especially seeing that the Muslimin today are more in positions or in a lot of places, the Muslimin are workers rather than uh, inventors, whereas that wasn't always true uh, in history. So like you were saying, when we look into history, we should be doing something about it uh, today, learning from their uh, inspiration and how they behaved. You know, uh, for me, what amazed me is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَتَبَوَّأُ مِنْهَا حَيْثُ Before that, he says, وَكَذَلِكَ مَكَّنَّا لِيُوسُفَ and in this manner, we uh, established Yusuf in the land. And earlier on, he also says that But the conditions were very different. One, he was being from uh, or being put into servanthood, into a home where he would be a servant or taken as a child. He had just been sold by someone. So. That was the condition at the time. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him that we have established you on the land, yet he was in a position of leadership. So at that time, he didn't know that he had to go through all of this in order to get to this position of leadership. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew. So the experiences that he went through were literally molding him for the leadership that he was going to take and eventually become established in the land. So sometimes we don't understand the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how it's going to uh, impact us and how it's going to mold us in our lives. But him going through the prison, him experiencing all of this uh, was actually good for him because ultimately it was the interpretation of dreams that he had an experience of in the prison that led him to uh, his, you know, escape from the prison, so to say, not escape, but removal from the prison. So I think it's important for us to uh, folk, you know, to, to, to think about this, that trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand that he has a plan for you that is uh, better and greater than your plan for your own life. Yes, ultimately, as you mentioned before, that sometimes in our lives we have to zoom out, look at the bigger picture, and you'll find that whenever you reach a result generally in life, when you've achieved something and then you have to rewind, take account of what happened, you'll find there were certain hardships that came and difficulties and certain doors that you saw were closed. And then you had to go look at other doors. 
And yes, from Allah Jalla wa'ala, but at the same time, if these doors were not closed, you wouldn't have reached. You wouldn't have gone on this route or route and reached your destination or the place where you wanted to go. So it's extremely important, as mentioned in the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. Moving on, we find uh, Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about how Yusuf alayhi salam was now established in the land and his brothers now came. Because this famine, you know, it was difficult for the people who were by Yusuf alayhi salam as well as those who were on the outside, maybe we could say in different cities or different countries, whatever it may have been. So these people, they heard that there is a person in where Yusuf alayhi salam is. They basically heard of Yusuf not knowing that it's their brother and he gives the people food and he helps them, etc. So Allah Jalla wa Ala says, These brothers, the same ones who threw him in the well, you know, they entered now. And what happens? They see Yusuf, but they don't know it's him. Yusuf alayhi salam immediately knows who they are. They don't know. Allah Jalla wa Ala then mentions what happened and how Yusuf alayhi salam, you know, he doesn't tell them who he is. At the same time, he honors them. He gives them all that they need to be given in terms of food, etc. And also whatever wealth they came with in order to buy it, he returns it back in their saddles or in their bags and they only realize when they get home. But before they leave, he tells them that they, you have one more brother and you must bring him on the next trip. For me, what stands out is, you know, I can only imagine how Yusuf salam must have felt at the time seeing these, how many ever they were. We know there were 11 brothers excluding Binyamin, say 10, all these 10 probably plotted against him. Imagine you in a place of uh, authority and you have a say, and these 10 now come in. What would we have done? I think probably, you know, lock them up or prevent them from getting anything, no matter how much they want to pay. But Yusuf alayhi salam, you know, Allah jalla wa ala grants him the tawfiq to remain calm and level-headed. And he... You know, he makes the most out of the situation in a good way. He honors them, keeps their honor, and he gives them their wealth back. I think that's that's amazing. If you had to think about the emotion that Yusuf alayhi salam must have gone through at the time, I think it's totally amazing. Yes, wallahi, so true. I was going to talk about the same thing, actually, to say that he, he knew them, and yet he still showed them goodness. He still gave them their... Uh, measure in full, and he returned their wealth to them. These were people who had plotted to murder him, people who had abandoned him in the bottom of a well, didn't really care about him. Uh, yet he was a young boy, innocent. He had nothing, uh, no crime. He hadn't committed any crime at all. Uh, yet they did all of this to him. And when he, when they come to him and he knows who they are, he doesn't even tell them that I know who you are and what you've done. He just gives them uh, their, their wealth back, gives them full measure and lets them go. So where he has a chance to give them life, so to speak, you know, a chance at life, he does so and he gives them measure, the full measure and allows them to live. Yet they wanted to kill him off and, and uh, destroy him. So that's Ihsan at its, at its peak. Yes, you know, when you can do something good, somebody who's done bad to you, that's another level altogether. And, you know, it takes a lot of sabr, a lot of dua, and before that tawfiq from Allah Jalla wa'ala to be able to do that. We find after that, these brothers return home and they tell their father, they're excited, they show him the wealth that they've been given back as well as what they got in terms of probably their food stuff. 
They then tell him that, you know what? He wants one thing and he wants us to come on the second time when we go, we must go with Binyamin. At the beginning, Yaqub alayhi salam, you know, he outright refuses. He says that, how can I trust you with Binyamin? And when it came to Yusuf, we couldn't even trust you. And basically they knew and he knew that a story was made up and they tried to get rid of Yusuf alayhi salam. Sheikh, is there anything you'd like to mention before I get to the point where the cup goes missing? Uh, well, we see that how he says to the, 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 the brothers that I'm not going to send him with you until you give me a promise from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or a uh, covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will bring him back. Unless you are surrounded and there's no way that you can really bring him back. So Yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam didn't just trust them and say, okay, you can go because he had been bitten once before. He knew that, you know, they took one son already. He's gone and he never came back. I've got to take some extra measures in order to make sure that they bring this son back at least. So he made them promise and at least they, they tried to fulfill their promise. But we find that what, what amazes me is that he didn't just trust them once again. People uh, tend to give another, you know, uh, people uh, that have deceived them or uh, lied to them another chance. That's good. You should give them another chance, but take extra precaution when doing so. Uh, if this person has taken your money and not returned it at some point, then at least take a security. Make sure that you've covered yourself. So try and take some extra precaution when trusting a person who has uh, deceived you or done something wrong to you in the past. You know, you mentioned such an important point that basically a believer doesn't get bitten from the same hole twice. We then find Yaqub alayhi salam, after agreeing to let Binyamin go, he gives the children some advice. And he says, when you enter the city, when you enter the doors of the city, don't all enter from one door, enter from different doors. What's amazing is Allah Jalla wa'ala says that Yaqub alayhi salam, uh, he says that basically, yes, he told them to take their precautions, but at the end of the day, the precaution itself doesn't help unless Allah wishes. So if there was some sort of harm decreed for them, it would have reached them. Yes, you take your precaution, but at the end of the day, if something happens, it's from Allah Jalla wa'ala, you make dua and you try your best to remove it. He says that uh, basically telling his children, Basically everything is for, for the final matter and the final say is from Allah Jalla wa'ala. He's the one who decides. But at the same time, he gives them that advice. Moving on, we find that on their second trip, the cup is taken away. The, the cup of the king at the time or the cup of Yusuf alayhi salam is taken and put into the saddle or the sack of Binyamin. They then call out and they tell these brothers before they're about to leave and they've gotten everything. They say, you know what? We are missing a cup. Maybe one of you, basically maybe there's one of you who've taken it. So let's start opening and looking in these saddles and we find they open the brothers and there's they know or they feel that there's absolutely nothing wrong they've done and we get to the saddle or the sack of binyamin and the cup comes out from there before this yusuf alayhi salam had told his brother that you don't worry i'm your brother and just be patient don't worry what happens basically he then says or they then tell the people 
that whoever can find this cup before it came out of Binyamin's saddle, basically there'll be a great reward for this person. You know, a full saddle or a full animal which is set and ready. It's fully prepared, right? I think there's a few masail we take from this. Number one, a fiqhi mas'ala, that there's something called a jural in the sharia, where you are allowed to lay down a challenge and you tell the people that, you know what, for anybody or for somebody who does this, so let's say you give a question or you give a task, you say, whoever can climb this mountain first and come back down, I'll give them so much money, right? A lot of the scholars say that this is called a jul, a ju'ala, where you're laying down a challenge and giving the person who, who uh, you know, wins this challenge a prize. And one of the adillah for this, or one of the evidences for this, is in the Sharia and in the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. Basically, he said that whoever comes with it, I'll reward them. So I think that's very interesting to note. And also, there is a big difference between this and betting, also mentioned in the books of fiqh and the books of hadith. And inshallah, maybe later on, we'll go into it in more detail. What I'm trying to say is that this competition, or where you tell somebody to do a task, a challenge, and then you reward the first person who does it, or you reward everybody who does it, it has its place in the Sharia. Allah, you're so true. I didn't actually think of that. Uh, it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, uh, So it's amazing that you, this istimbab is so powerful uh, that you can actually have a reward for, for something you know, some challenge that you've, you've put out there. And I think we can bring this into the context where a person has lost something and they say, look, if you, if you find this, then I'll give you X amount of money or a reward of this nature. Uh, you can actually apply this in, in, in this way as well. So that's something that I found, uh, that I find amazing. Uh, subhanallah. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about how he plotted and planned for Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. وَكَذَلِكَ كِدْنَا Yusuf. In this manner, we planned for Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. So when you pass the tests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ultimately he will plan your life out for you. And he will plot a way forward for you. Look at how he returns his brother to him. And then later on, so first of all, he grants him leadership. Then he returns his brother to him. And then later on, he brings his whole family, his entire family to him. Literally, literally making his dream come true. His entire dream come true. In this manner, we planned for Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. Imagine when you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala planning for you, plotting for you, no, not plotting, but planning for you, uh, your life ahead of you. That's something amazing, you know. It teaches us that having sabr on the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will become your uh, wali and your guardian. And you will find that all of your affairs become easy for you. Uh, you're able to navigate life much easily than you were before. Uh, so this is something that uh, subhanallah just stands out in, in, the, in, in that uh, verse. وَكَذَلِكَ كِدْنَا لِيُوسُفُ in this manner, we planned for Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. You know, amazing, you mentioned that verse, كَذَلِكَ كِدْنَا لِيُوسُفُ We find immediately after that, Allah Jalla wa Ala says, مَا كَانَ لِيَأْخُذَ أَخَاهُ فِي دِينِ الْمَلِكِ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ Basically, according to the law at the time, 
there was no chance, the, the law of the land, there was no chance that Yusuf was able to take his brother, no chance. But if Allah wishes, there is a chance. So basically in, in those days, if somebody did wrong, you know, you couldn't take them. But he knew that amongst his people and amongst his brothers, the law was that if somebody did wrong, you know, his punishment would be that he remains and he is taken only. So it's amazing how there's no apparent solution and no apparent way. But if Allah wishes, you know, a way will open. A way which you didn't imagine, it opens. That's amazing. Another point that comes up straight after that is uh, when the brothers see that Binyamin has stolen, they think he's stolen, and we know he hasn't stolen. They then say, If he's stolen, then his brother Yusuf must have stolen before. There's a lot of stories mentioned amongst the Mufassirin why they said that. But, you know, imagine Yusuf at that time again. You know, he's forgiven them. He gave them all their wealth. They came back. He's honoring them. And they, they're telling a blatant lie against him. And they're trying to distance themselves from Binyamin and put the blame on Yusuf and his brother, whether they were blood brothers or not. Some people mentioned that because these 10, they were blood brothers and Yusuf and Binyamin were blood brothers. And together, they were not all, you know, from the same mother and same father. It's mentioned. So they were trying to associate this disgrace with Yusuf and his brother. What does Yusuf do? Yusuf just kept it in. He held it in. And ultimately, Allah knows basically what you're saying. And again, it takes leadership. It takes a person of certain caliber and stature to you know reach that point and not throw out their emotions yes wallahi that's so true because he kept quiet and he kept it within himself and this teaches us that not always do you have to make it apparent and clear to people uh, what you know about them you know you you know something about this person and they're saying something else just keep quiet and listen and watch what's happening and learn how to deal with that person because uh, you would have known something about them that they don't even know that you know, yet you, uh, you, you've remained silent, you kept quiet. So sometimes just remaining silent and watching how uh, people behave in situations is actually uh, a, a teacher in life. It can teach you how to uh, you know, na navigate your own life and how to deal with certain situations. Not always when a person has harmed you or done something wrong to you, do you have to go to them and say, you know, I know, I know you did X, Y, and Z. You can even let it go and forgive them without them knowing. Uh, yet, at the same time, you have full knowledge of what they've done. SubhanAllah. Moving on, we find Yusuf alayhi salam. What happens with the brothers of Yusuf? They then gather amongst themselves and they've got a problem. They've taken and they first got tried to get rid of Yusuf. Now Binyamin is gone and they've taken an oath with their father. How do they show face now? So they're basically discussing amongst themselves. And the big one says, Basically, with your father, you've taken an oath by Allah and a covenant that you will bring Binyamin back. So this son also didn't want to return. He didn't want to go back home because it's embarrassing and it's a problem. They've already 
broken this covenant once before and now they're coming back home without Binyamin. What happens when they reach home? Ya'qub salam, being a Nabi of Allah, being helped by revelation, you know, he remains optimistic. He has hope. Yes, he's hurting and he's patient, but he's, he tells them, or he says, Basically, indeed, Allah will bring them all back, not only Yusuf. He'll also bring Binyamin back. He'll bring them all back. He then tells them that go out and look for Yusuf and his brothers. Don't lose hope, you know, in the mercy of Allah, in the ability of Allah. He's able to, you know, in this instance, he's able to bring them back. And I think that that's amazing and that's a point that stands out for everybody in this story, even though we read it and it stands out. But, you know, we just have to put ourselves in the shoes of Ya'qub salam at the time or his emotional state. What must he have he been going through? He lost Yusuf when Yusuf was still very small. Remember, Yusuf now is big and old and not old as he's, he's a strong man. So it's been years. He's lost Binyamin. Another son has gone. I just wonder what happened at the time because here he's he's remembering Yusuf and he must have been remembering Yusuf all the time as the brothers telling you carry on remembering Yusuf until you know you will suffer to death basically so amazing yes. he doesn't lose hope and he tells them go out and do something about it yes yes wallahi you know uh, the, the the fact that he doesn't give up hope after so long means that even those who who have people missing in their families, someone who's gone, never come back, just disappeared. Uh, don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You never know. That person may come back later on in life. And if not, if not, uh, which in a lot of cases it doesn't happen where the ch- person comes back, then at least you will be reunited in Jannah. Have that hope of being reunited in Jannah and being with that person uh, in, in the afterlife. Uh, I think that's something where, which people can hold on to uh, from the story of the Yaqub and Yusuf. As you mentioned, it's so right. Moving on, we find that uh, the brothers of Yusuf, again, they go back to him trying to plead with him. They still don't know it's him. And they're basically saying that, you know what, difficulty has you know, struck our, our family and our father. And you know, things are hard. And Yusuf alayhi salam at that moment now he, he sees them in a in a state of weakness now, complete and utter weakness. They can't do anything. They are begging him for something. Yusuf alayhi salam doesn't make conditions. He doesn't tell them that no. Do you remember this? He doesn't embarrass them. He's, he basically says that. Do you remember what you did to Yusuf alayhi salam? And eventually they realize that it's him and they ask. Basically, they asked, they say, Qalu, anta Yusuf? Are you Yusuf? Because they knew that nobody else knew what happened at the time. It was only them. He then says, Qala ana Yusufu akhi. Indeed, I am Yusuf. I am Yusuf. That same Yusuf he threw into the well. And eventually, the same Yusuf who was taken as a slave and put into prison and went on this roller coaster, so to say. And he's there, Yusuf, honoring them, you know trying to help them out. And then he then, he then says, Allah has bestowed his favor upon us. Those who have taqwa and those who are patient. Allah doesn't waste the reward of a good doer. You might have done something good years ago, 
and you find that good deed is a reason for one of your problems being solved or somebody making dua for you and your problem being solved don't ever look down on any good deed you may have done and remember just be patient the time will come it most definitely will come if there's anything we take from the story of Yusuf is that faraj and that ease and comfort and the you know the breaking away from this difficulty it always comes just hang in there and hold tight and obey Allah Jalla wa ala. it will come yes wallahi that's so true uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that and the score sorry and he says uh, do you know what you have done with Yusuf and his brother whilst you were ignorant in this very statement that Yusuf made, he's making an excuse for them whilst you were ignorant. Right now you've come to me and this is the situation. So he's literally making an excuse to, to say it doesn't matter. Now what's gone and what's past is over, but let's move forward. So in the same manner, when we've got someone who's come hat in hand, at times they've come and, you know, they, they're in a lower position. Don't begin to remind them of, of what they've done, etc. Yes, he, he, he tells them that you did it, but you did it whilst you were ignorant. Now you must be having better knowledge and being better people. Uh, so he's giving them this, this excuse. So try to make excuses for the people and empower them to, to lead their lives in a better way as well. SubhanAllah. We then find Yusuf salam after the whole, basically he reveals who he is. He then gives them his shirt. He says, Throw it on my father's face and he'll be able to see again. He then says, Then you should come with me. You should come back to me. Yourselves and all your family, everybody, bring them all now. I think the very, not the very same shirt, but at the beginning of the story, it was a shirt or a coat. That was the first thing that entered this sadness and this problem with uh, Ya'qub alayhi salam. We find that it was a shirt they brought and they lied to say Yusuf was eaten with a wolf. And we find at the end, his eyesight comes back with a shirt also. I think that's, that's quite amazing. And the qudrah and the power of Allah Jalla wa'ala. Yes, he can heal without a shirt, no doubt. But I think that's amazing. So many times you find things happen through a certain avenue problems and you find sometimes also the faraj or the the ease comes from something similar subhanallah 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 and that's an amazing uh, extraction there i didn't actually think of it from that angle mashallah uh yeah the, the the fact that it was a shirt you know that it started with and then a shirt that it ends with actually is is something uh, profound subhanallah um, uh, like you mentioned, you know, ease can come from the same avenue that, that difficulty came from. And this happens uh, sometimes with, with people where a person who started the problem for you might be the one who ends up solving it for you. Uh, so, subhanAllah, that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, what I find interesting in this instance is that the, he first, he first, Feels, he says, That I find the smell of Yusuf. And then later, when the brother comes, he puts the shirt onto his eyes, his eyesight comes back. And then they go to 
meet Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. So the sequence of events, perhaps there's something that we can learn from it. That when you're breaking news to a, an old person, a weak person, someone who's in a weak position, don't just do it immediately in a brash manner that, hey, such and such a person has died, your son died, or your, uh, you know, your grandfather, your, 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 if the person is old, then, you know, someone close to them has died. Don't just break that news uh, immediately, but you know, break down the whole situation slowly, but surely, you know, begin by explaining to them that life is fragile, etc. And and you can do something of that nature. Uh, I find this amazing because, you know, sometimes uh, you go and surprise an old person and they get so surprised that it shocks them and it affects their health or they, they can end up having a heart attack. Uh, you've got to be careful with the way you break news to them. Look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he found the smell of Yusuf first then the shirt, and then later on, he goes on to see uh, Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. Such a powerful point and such a deep istimbat and, you know, a benefit that you were able to derive from that verse. Moving on, we find that they eventually reach Yusuf alayhi salam. Before that, the brothers had asked their father, they knew he was a Nabi, basically seek forgiveness for us. We were wrong. You know, we made a mistake. And we find that they all go. Basically, Yusuf alayhi salam, you know, he honors his parents. He's put them on the throne. And he finds that, uh, you know, the, the dream that he saw at the very beginning, the one he told his father about this, this dream, Allah used as a reason for him to be thrown in the well and taken out and sold as a slave. And all the difficulties he went through, he's now seeing its interpretation. How many years later, only Allah knows. But this shows us that, you know, sometimes... Yes, your dua may be accepted. You may see something that looks like you're about to get there, but you have to take this long journey, this journey full of hardship and difficulty until you reach there. And that's amazing where he says, Basically, all of them, they prostrated to him. And then he tells his father that this was the interpretation of my dream. Allah is the one who made it come true. Yes, and, and throughout that uh, difficulty and hardship, we need to hold on to our dreams. You know, no matter how low you are, Yusuf والسلام, was in the bottom of a well. He was in prison. Uh, he was accused of what he didn't do. Yet he never gave up hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, the same way, in our dreams, we've got a dream, you've set it there and you think that, you know, I need to get there. It seems very far and very uh, high up, but never ever give up hope, no matter how low you are. Uh, always struggle to come back and uh, reach and, you know, fulfill that dream of yours. Because here, Yusuf, alayhi salatu wasalam, in a different land, uh, far away from his parents, and his parents are brought to him in order for this dream to be fulfilled. Of his, so the interpretation comes true. As you said it, you right, rightly put. Also, when we look at the sequence of events, we find that yes, a lot of us, when it comes to our day-to-day -day lives, we read the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. For those who know the meaning, it's an emotional story. See how from difficulty and ease, you know, and he, he eventually gets there. 
What about us in our lives? I'm not saying we are like Yusuf alayhi salam, no. I'm saying also when we are going through difficulty, just imagine it's similar to how when Yusuf alayhi salam was going through his difficulty, maybe when he was in the well, when he was a slave, when he was in prison. As we mentioned, you'll get there. Just carry on, you know, persevering, being patient, doing what you need to do. And as you mentioned, you don't need to give up your dreams. Just carry on going. Yusuf alayhi salam, then, you know, he, he acknowledges Allah's favors upon him and he is humble. He's come from the very bottom all the way. Allah jalla wa'ala brings him to the top and he's humble. He attributes everything to Allah jalla wa'ala. Basically, he says, Allah Jalla wa ala was good to me and he granted me goodness. He is the one who took me out of the prison. He is the one who also brought you to me. So he brought you from the rural areas or the further out areas. He brought you guys to me. And this is a gift from Allah. Even after shaytan had come between myself and my brothers. So I think it's very important, again, when you're at the top, also be humble. And that's the whole theme in the, in the stories of the prophets, alayhim salatu wassalam, Sulaiman alayhi salam. Again, when he was given, you know, inshallah, we'll get to that story when the throne came. He said that this is a ni'mah from Allah. He wants to see whether I'm grateful or I'm not. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When he entered Makkah after being thrown out so many years before, and we find again he is humble and you know he doesn't he attributes everything to Allah Jalla wa ala. Yes, absolutely. And at the end of it, he makes a dua saying that, Oh Allah, take me away as a Muslim and join me with the righteous. So despite him being chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a Nabi, he's still asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take him away as a Muslim. Obviously, he was going to pass away on Islam uh, because he was in a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he still makes this dua. So no matter how righteous we are, we've got to always make this dua, uh, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us away as Muslimin and with the shahada on our lips because this is the most prized possession in this dunya. If you don't have it, you've lost everything. There's no point. Uh, in, in, you know, existing for a believer, you know, the, from your perspective, there's no point in my existence. Why should I be here if I don't believe that there is an afterlife, there is something to come? Uh, so always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you that thabat and that firm. May Allah jalla wa ala grant us all that and the best in this world as well as in the next. I mean, Shaykhana, any last points you want to mention when it comes to the best of stories? Uh, I think there's a lot more that can be derived from the story uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In Yusuf and his brothers, there is there are signs for those who ask. So you've got to literally ask the story a question, questions and you'll find that there are many gems that you can derive from the story. You can learn a lot uh, about life and social situations and how to behave in them from the story. Uh, but there's a lot more that you can learn than what that which is out there even. Uh, so you've got to go and look into it, ponder upon it deeply again and again. And the same ayah perhaps at times will give you different angles and you'll uh, learn a lot more from it.
I think, as you mentioned, ultimately we need to ponder over it. And I think, and Allah knows best, that this story, one of the reasons why it's the, the best story in the Quran is whoever you are and whatever your situation may be in life, you will find something in this story that relates to your current life. I think so. And Allah knows best. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Alhamdulillah, we've come to the end of uh, another session. Yeah, we've managed to cover Surah Yusuf in uh, two days. And we've just gone over it briefly. We didn't even stop at every verse. You know, there's a lot more that's been mentioned. I mean, I give you a point. Some of the scholars mentioned how to tell a story, to learn how to tell a story. You learn from Surah Yusuf. You learn from the stories of the Quran and how to tell your story. Another thing that stands out, Yusuf alayhi salam, you know how he has a clean heart. From the very beginning, you know, they came to ask him for the dream. They came with this. They, the brothers entered the same ones who plotted. And, you know, he carries on giving his patient. And he has that salamatu sadr. His, his heart is clean. And uh, as we mentioned, there's a lot more. We've only scratched the surface. We ask Allah Jalla wa ala to grant us all goodness. Shaykhana, inshallah, we see you tomorrow. Bi'ithinillah. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.